Welcome to Art Talk with April, Season 2. I'm April Harris of Inked April, located in Birmingham, Alabama. This season, we'll be talking with new artists and professional expert artists. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Art Talk with April. Today, we have Amanda Bank. She's an interdisciplinary artist, and you're located in Huntsville, right? That's correct. Um, Huntsville area. Yeah. Okay. Um, so how did you get started in art? Um, well, I've been making art my whole life. I uh, started out uh, learning to crochet like chain stitches oh. when I was a toddler. <laughs> um, and, you know, my family was always really into fiber arts. So there was always some kind of artistic medium around to play with. Um, I learned the basics of pretty much all of them um, really early. So cross stitch, embroidery, oh. um, knitting, sewing. Um, I even did like plastic canvas and rug hooking. So there was a, a big variety and uh, I started selling my knitted stuff at local markets. Um, and eventually as my practice kind of evolved, I was able to establish a studio where I made uh, wallets and bags out of uh, recycled comic books. And oh, um, <laughs> it was so much fun. It was a really great way to make a living. And I also got to have my kids with me while I worked. So I didn't lose that connection with them when they were little. Um, oh, and cool. yeah, it, it was really great. Um, I got to a point there at the studio where I felt like I kind of hit a wall with what I knew that I was able to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so I went back to college and, um, my art practice has just kept evolving ever since. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. So you mentioned, you know, you're an, you're an interdisciplinary artist, so you do all kinds of different things. It's sort of like, do you feel like just all different mediums or are we talking about all different subject matters? Like, how do you feel about that? Um, so I definitely have my favorite mediums that I gravitate toward. Um, right now, pretty much everything I'm making is with um, just cotton, basic cotton twine, um, cotton string. I'm, I'm working on a collection for this holiday season. It's all based on crocheted snowflakes. So yeah. uh, that's kind of taken over my life at this moment. Oh, I so. <laughs> um, but you know, I've done, I've done, if it's art, if it involves creative expression, I am open to it. Oh. Um, the past few years I've worked in research where um, it's kind of crossing the line between art and engineering and science. Wow. So it's really a great opportunity to be able to combine um, most of my research has been focused on acting methods and um, improvisation. Um, oh. So it's it's kind of performing arts um, yeah. with some of my sculptures that I make. They're all very much mixed media found object pieces. So wow. learning how to use all kinds of different materials together. Uh, I just I love it. I love yeah. putting different things together and seeing what comes out. Yeah. So how do you go about, like, for me personally, I'm like, I've learned, I've gone to college for art and I've done all different kinds of things as, as you do experimenting, but I feel like I, like I settled into a medium, you know, and then it's like, I'm kind of trying to settle into like a subject matter or like a, a direction like, what would you say is your vision for your work? Um, 
I really want people to come away from the work that I do and the work that I put out just curious. Uh, I maybe have an irreverence for traditions and for doing things the same way over and over. Um, I really like to see what else is possible. I think we have all of these really amazing advancements that we made, but if we were able to maybe break down some of the walls between disciplines, uh, for instance, um, we could get people maybe using techniques or patterns or ideas from different places to make the world a better place. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think, you know, and I'm probably one of those people who have really fallen into like a way of doing things. And maybe that like makes me more comfortable. And then because I'm more comfortable, I can kind of like explore through through that, you know, comfort place. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, oh, like I can't imagine just like led, like having the whole, like all the opportunities, all the different kinds of ways to express just available to me in my mind, you know, just accepting it in my mind, like I could do anything. Oh, yeah. God, where do I begin? <laughs> it's it, it's intimidating. Like there's definitely a point at the beginning of a project where it's all laid out in front of you and you see all the roads and you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a disaster. But um, I think if you do have a certain level of comfort with a particular subject matter or a particular medium, yeah. it's a lot easier to start experimenting in ways that you can kind of predict what's going to happen. Um, like with my most recent um, collection that I'm doing, I'm experimenting with different ways to stiffen these snowflake structures so that I can make them larger and larger. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been really interesting learning all of the different properties of these different um, materials that are out there that are available. Traditionally, like you use glue and um, there's a starch that you can make with just flour and water. Uh, But I've been exploring plaster and concrete and all of these construction materials, basically, um, to see what it does to the yarn. And that's been such a fun experience. So you're going to the art store and then you're going to like the Home Depot store. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm like, do you know what this is going to do to yarn? And they're just looking at me like I'm out of my mind. Why do you use yarn with that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, it's so awesome. So I see see what you're saying. So um, I've often, I have heard too, you know, that artists are kind of like scientists because you're, you're experimenting with ideas and then you're also experimenting with actual materials, you know, in some cases yeah. to make something. Oh, for sure. And, um, you know, in my experience, I think art is a faster science than science. Mm. Um, Sometimes there's a lot of very meticulous trial and error that goes into, say, designing a scientific experiment. Whereas when you're an artist, you're just like, all right, I've got this stuff laying around. What's going to happen when I put it together? Um, it's, It's really freeing to be able to experiment in that way and and move through the scientific process a little more creatively. Oh, yeah. With art, it's so immediate. In most cases, you know, now a long-term project, like you're preparing for a solo show. And when does that start 
So that installs right before um, Black Friday. So tail end of November. And it'll be up until the very beginning of February um, at Lumo. Uh, It's it's incredible. I'm so excited for the opportunity. Um, I've been preparing it for it uh, for about a year and some change now. Um, It's it's really incredible to get to tell the story that I want to tell and and display these pieces that I've been working on. Um, There's some things out there like it, uh, but nothing nothing that really centers around this idea of the snowflake and this traditional crocheted um, motif being used in this way. Yeah. So how do you, how are you going about preparing for that? Like other than just making the work, then like knowing the space, I guess, and figuring out how you're wanting to I actually started with that part of it. Um, if you can believe it, I, nice. I went and I took a ton of pictures of the space and I use my, um, my tablet and yeah. I kind of draw on top of those pictures to see, okay, well, oh, this is cool. kind of what I'm envisioning. I'm going to see if yeah. it works. Um, and it's just, it's doing that for months to see, you know, oh, well, the thing that I built is actually this big. Let's see how it looks now. Um, yeah. And I really, I love the building. My studio is at Low Mill. Um, yeah. The building itself is such a special part of Huntsville's history. And I wanted to make sure, sure that I was really honoring like what the building was when it was built and what it's become. So um yeah it's really focused around community and and everyone kind of caring for each other and building the story of that um, and and creating like the map of what the gallery is going to look like uh, was really that first thing that I, I jumped into. And then it was crocheting. I have (laughs) crocheted nonstop. Um, It feels like um, I'd be sitting on like the train on a work trip, just crocheting or, you know, waiting at doctor's offices, just making snowflakes. I'd have like trails of them coming off of my bag. Oh, nice. (laughs) Your fingers are like sore. You got like band-aids and stuff. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. And when I'm I'm making some really large ones with this quarter inch rope and wow. it's a whole arm workout. Like I get maybe two or three rounds and I'm like, all right, I got to take a break, get some water, hydrate, protein powder. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's like so way beyond like um, a lot of what I've experienced with art, you know, I'm, I guess it makes me feel like I'm so controlled in what I do, you know? So it's awesome to like hear about, like talk to artists that are like doing all these things, you know, because I'm just like all pen and paper, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like the basic. <laughs> oh, it's part of the process. Um, you know, I my mind moves at like 3000 miles an hour. So if I have to wait to try something it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm able to just kind of roll with things as I'm thinking about them, that's when kind of the magic starts to to come alive. Oh yeah. I would, I, I'm the same way. Yeah. That would, that would be hard. So how did you get the opportunity to do a solo show? Um, For those really interested just, in like, you know, yeah. 
Um, well, it, it's really, I've been a part of the community for a long time mm -hmm. and, um, I am pretty involved with Low Mill through the Alabama Women's Caucus for Art. Sure. Um, there's a lot of members who are at the mill. So I'm, I'm kind of up there. I'm talking to people. Um, and the gallery coordinator approached me. He said, Hey, we've got these different time slots available in the next year. Um, is, would it be appealing to you to have a, a solo show? And I just graduated from college. Mm. Um, and it, it was really the perfect timing to put this together. Um, and really, yeah, it's it's participating in the art groups that are around you. You know, there's wow. there's always opportunities out there if you're willing to kind of see them as opportunities. <laughs> um, you know, just getting to know the people who are putting in the work um, mm -hmm. and kind of making sure that you can play well with with the people that are around you and, yeah. um, you know, just being kind and being excited about supporting art, I think that goes a long way in helping you reach those milestones of like gallery shows and publications. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think that's something that has come up regularly in my podcast is that the networking part of it, but not just like me, 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 but let me support you, talk to you, like just having conversation around like, your processes or, you know, different events that are going on locally or participating in those events seem to like really help people like make connections with others. And that's so exciting. I bet you, yeah. I don't know, I'd be so overwhelmed with it, you know, but it sounds like you really got it you know, planned. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it seems that way. I, you know, I'm right there at the end. So like, I have so much anxiety around like, oh, this has got to be perfect. Or am I going to have enough to fill the space? Like, yes, I'm going to have enough to fill the space. I already have enough, but there's always like that. What, what can I do to make it better? How can um, I make it just that much more intriguing or, or, you know, something cool for people to walk through? Yeah. So is this installation going to be something that, like you said, people will walk, walk through or is it going to be something that people are looking at outside of or what do um, you think? It's kind of a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my work has been really influenced by um, a sculpture class or a sculpture series that I took at UAH mm -hmm. um, called Space and Place. Yeah. And there, there will be an element that people can interact with directly and like walk through and be a part of. Um, and then there's also an element of, you know, here's these sculptures that I've built that tie in with the overall theme. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping if I can, if I can get it edited properly, I'll also have a, um, a station that is just looping a crochet tutorials so that people can learn how to make the little starflake bases um, from all of the snowflakes in the show. Yeah, so it'll get the community cool. involved. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. That's <laughs> like a whole nother level. I could see that being really interesting. One of your um, most difficult trials, like just being an artist, being a creative What's something you've come across that you're like, man, I wish that I wish that had been different or, you know, if I had known, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's so many. Yeah, um, I'm sure. <laughs> That's how I, I feel think, about it. Like, 
really when like you boil it down, the biggest struggle for me is knowing like when to say no to a request or when to say this is getting to be too much. Um, especially like as I'm getting older Mm -hmm. and my health is not as great as it used to be. Like it's a moving target. So like, you know, you say yes to a thing and then it ends up becoming way, way, way much harder to handle, or it's, it's harder to corral those cats. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm getting better at it, but I still do have those moments where kind of it all piles on at once. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I had this vision of once I reached a certain point in my career, that would stop happening. (laughs) But I'm realizing, no, it's, you create it for yourself. Like you got to learn to say, no, you got to step back and and put yourself first sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I do that too. That's something that I really struggle with as far as like commissions and being a mom and having, you know, like my full-time day job, it's like, okay, why am I saying yes to all these things? Like, I know, I know it's going to be hard. Like it's and it. And then I'm probably not even charging enough to like really, truly make it worth that struggle. Yes. Like, how do you, how do you set a price? You know, how do you <laughs> say to a person, pay me this much for this thing I've made? Um, that's, that's something I struggle with too, uh, for sure. Yeah. Do you, do you take commissions or anything like that? Um, I do. I've um, recently transitioned back to art full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so my whole focus over the past four to six months has really been making sure that everything for the show is, is in place. Sure. Um, and I've been lucky to do that, you know, working, I was able to save up and give myself a cushion where I could take some time and just do things the way that I wanted to do them. Nice. Um, but I will be opening commissions up again. Um, once the show installs this November. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably smart. <laughs> <laughs> I would be that crazy person who would be like, oh yeah, I can do that. Uh." I tried it um, (laughs) when I first enrolled back to school. I tried to stay, you know, keep my commissions open um, for the wallets that I was making at the time. And it just, it was too much. I was taking 12 credit hours. I had two kids, both in school. um, And, and that, that fell away pretty quickly. Yeah. I can imagine. Do you have like, um, have you ever had any issues with like family and friends, like coming and asking for things and then like ha- having to say no, you know? Um, a couple of times there have been, um, you know, I reached a point at the studio where it was my full-time job. I had, you know, clients, all over the world. And I was, um, I was pretty heavily involved in it and people would ask me, you know, Oh, can you make 40 of these little things for a party I'm having in two weeks? And I would have to say, you know, no, if you need, if you need my stuff, there's, there's a month wait time. Like you, you have to let me know, you have to keep these things in mind. Um, and a lot of times, you know, people would ask for discounts because they expect Uh it, you know, your family, your friend, you, you know, (laughs) what kind of deal can you give me? And I, I've never been someone who prices things unfairly. I've always wanted to make sure that there's, um, kind of a price point for everyone. Mm -hmm. And 
it's, um, was really frustrating to have to have those conversations with people that you, you know, want to support you, but maybe don't understand that they're not supporting you by asking you for discounts. (laughs) (laughs) But then like, that happens. I know that happens to everybody. That's why I ask because it's like, okay. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, can I get this for free? No, I have oh, this labor. Is already going like it's already stressing me out that you're asking and I'm so busy and how am I going to do that? And then, you know, then you're like, well, what's the family price, you know, or yeah. you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> friends and friends and family is the same price. <laughs> it's like, I love you guys, but I, like it has like I already feel like I I price too low you know mm-hmm. and then when someone asks to go lower I'm like oh you gotta be kidding me so yeah. it's almost like you you need to price it in such a way that it hits this sweet spot where you're still selling and it makes it worth it mm-hmm. but when someone wants a little discount you're not going to be mad about it <laughs> yeah it's so funny. I I have a spreadsheet now and I'm like, if you have questions about my prices, here's the spreadsheet. This is everything that goes into it. Nice. If you're willing to do the homework, you can talk to me about it. Yeah. So do you have a studio at low meal? Uh, No, no. Um, I, I had a studio there for, um, about three years and, um, I currently now work out of a studio in my home. Okay. All right. Well, that's really cool. I was going to ask like at low meal that don't they have kind of like, like windows where people can see into the studios and stuff. Yeah. It's such a really unique place. Um, it's one of the reasons I loved being there when I, when I did have a studio, um, there are, I think the last time I heard something like 220 different operating studios, um, you know, different sizes. There are some people who um, always have their studio open. You can go in and talk to them and watch their process. Um, They also have like huge events most weekends. So it's, there's always something new to see while you're there. Um, Wow. Yeah. You go. It's like so worth several it. People <laughs> that have studios there, shows there, whatever is going on. I know I'm hearing all this stuff about it. Never been. <laughs> it's it's a really, really special place. Um, it's like this old um shoe factory. Oh, and okay. yeah, it's they've they've got so much of like the historical like items are on display. Yeah. Um They've got this big mural in one of their um, large rooms that kind of goes over the history of the mill. Um, And I believe they even have like a banquet for the people who used to work there. uh, If any of them are still living um, every year. Yeah. Gosh, that's crazy. So do you feel like, and this is, you know, personal perspective really, because I mean, everybody would be different, but do you feel like you were more creative when you were in a space like that outside of home? Or do you feel like you you do more and are more creative at home in a private space? I think it's different kinds of creativity. Um, mm. In a public studio like that, uh, I was really focused on production. 
Um, I had a line of about 15 different styles that I made um, regularly. And I was always focused on making sure that I had products that people were interested in. Um, you know, since I worked with comic books, a lot of what I did was keeping up with like what comics were coming out and being published, yeah. um, you know, what people wanted to carry. Um, and it was much less about like experimenting and kind of rolling with the spirit of creativity. Yeah. Um, and I've really enjoyed that. I do have this kind of private experimental space where I can make huge messes. I can kind of take a couple of days to see if something's going to pan out. I don't have to necessarily have things clean and tidy because people are going to be seeing it. Oh, um, yeah. That's been pretty freeing creatively. Yeah, I imagine so. And most artists, I feel like, have really kind of messy spaces, you know, like you're just yeah. like in the moment making things and you're just leaving stuff all over the place. So is that a thing? Like if you have a studio there, you need to keep it tidy and all of that or like a like um, a like a I, shop I, kind of like a store? I, I think that it's really different, but pretending on the artist, you know, yeah. who, whoever is there um, on the higher floors. Um, like I know um, you either have to have something down on the floor or um, it's going to leak through um, at low mill. They, wow. they're, the construction is, you know, it's an old factory. So um, it'll just go straight through the floor and um, people have had their work ruined by leaks and spills. So that was always a huge concern of mine. Um, and I, I always was kind of like, I like to be a neat person. Um, and I, I don't want people to like see this chaos around me and think that like, I'm going to do a bad job because it's chaotic. Um, that was always in the back of my mind. And, you know, I don't have that in my private space. Like I, just spilled like a ton of plaster on the floor and I'm like eh, it's fine <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> oh that's so fun I wish like my my space is kind of like at the very like this is my front door so like whenever we have anybody come over it's like the first room that they see and I'm like okay I need to get like some curtains or some things. <laughs> oh, you should get that um that window film that's like stained glass. You just yeah. put it up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just be like, just don't go in there. <laughs> oh, I'm awesome. I was so excited to build this um this studio. We have a really tiny house. And you know, during the pandemic, we were all four of us like, tripping over each other because my kids are both creative, my husband's creative. Um, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. We've got to, we've got to come up with a solution. So actually I have a building, like I have to walk out my back door and nice. go to it. It's, it's heaven. I highly recommend like it. Like a garage kind of space or like a, it's, um, kind of thing? yeah, it's, it's a she shed. It's, um, we, we had it built this April and there's, um, a bottom floor you go in, there's a creative space and then there's a little staircase to an office. Um, wow. yeah, it. I I'm so excited to have it come together. Um, it's still just the shell. Um, I have like folding tables set up in there, um, and my like plaster station. Um, 
And then hopefully this winter we'll be able to get it wired for electricity and start oh, actually ah. finishing it out. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. That's like one of my dreams. Is to have it's been a good 10 years of saving and planning and yeah. getting ready for it. And it's, I like, I pinched myself that the time is like, it's actually happening. This is, <laughs> I've made it happen. Like what, what is going on? It's, it's very cool. Oh, that's so awesome. You'll have to like post pictures of stuff, you know? Like, oh yeah. Like as it comes together. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, that is exciting. So what would be something that like you would advise somebody who was thinking about getting into art like professionally, what would you, what kind of advice would you give? Um, there, there's so many ways to break into it. There's so many um, different pieces of advice that I think people who are just starting out or who are making a change are going to hear. Yeah. And I think the most important thing that I've noticed is listening to that voice that tells you, yes, this is good or no, this is bad. Like we all have that kind of intuition mm -hmm. when you start down a path and it's going to tell you pretty quickly whether or not this is going to be beneficial for you. And, you know, the more you can listen to and honor that voice, the happier and more successful you're going to be. Um, I've gotten a lot of really bad advice over the years as I've tried to do things and I've gotten some really great advice and, you know, honoring, honoring that intuition has been consistently the, the best thing that I've been able to do for myself. Oh, wow. That is really good. I feel like, I feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm still struggling with that. <laughs> uh, I definitely, definitely do, but I'm, I'm a lot less willing to put up with people just oh, yeah. being assholes. <laughs> I'm like, why? Okay. One of the biggest things that I learned once, I can't remember if I read it in a book or there's no telling. I'm like constantly looking at stuff. So then it's like, um, don't take advice from people that that aren't like actively doing what you want to do like yeah. people who may steer you away from creating or go into going into a creative profession because that that's too scary for them and or, and or they don't actually know anything about it like they're you know, they're, they've taken a completely different route in life and they see create like being an artist or having that label or doing something creative. They're like, how are you going to survive? You know, yeah. <laughs> there's so many misconceptions about the career you can have as an artist. I I've worked with NASA. I've worked with the national science foundation as an artist, as a creative person. It's, it's not like you have to have any particular one path, you know, it's, it is, you know, what's best for your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where you always hear, you know, like follow your heart or listen to your heart, you listen to your intuition. And it sounds like really simple and like something that's, that's said a lot. 
But it, if you really, really think about your own life and what you've been going through in your journey, it's hard to do. Like you yeah. can be really pushed in the wrong directions, even within like the art industry or the creative industry, you can get advice from someone who is in one part or in one particular industry and they're like, no, you can't do that. And it's like, yeah. oh, I can't. But then if you really, truly look into it. <laughs> yeah. It, you realize there's so many people, at least in my, I don't know, the past year or so of, of kind of attending webinars and, and going out and seeing what's available um, as resources for an artist. I have seen so many people who are maybe more interested in maintaining like the status quo of how it's always been done, mm-hmm. who are gatekeeping some of this information. Like mm-hmm. I, I attended a pricing workshop uh, a little while ago and it was completely from the perspective of someone who just wanted to make money off of artists and who wasn't necessarily interested in helping them advance their careers. And that's so sad to me um, is, is watching all of this, you know, advice just from bad actors who maybe aren't necessarily interested in helping you meet your goals. Um, Knowing how to kind of sift through that messaging has, has been pretty difficult as well. Mm. How do you feel about one of the things that you hear artists sort of complain about, they're, they're either on one one or two sides. They'll either be really like, I hate this. Or they'll be like, well, that's what you do. How do you feel about like galleries taking 50 plus percent off of artwork? I think that if you are in a place where you're partnering with someone else to sell your work, absolutely. There is going to be some kind of a, a a fee for that or some kind of trade and value. And you have to, you know, sit down with yourself and ask those questions. Are you willing to split that cost with them? Mm -hmm. Um, I, very much think that everyone who's working in the arts and who is, you know, an artist or supporting them should get paid. Um, We need so much more money in the art community. Um, (laughs) And I think that there's, there is a certain level of, of partnership that can be expected, but 40% really is kind of my personal limit. Um, I, before I did art professionally, I was working in retail and and I saw really what goes into retail and that's a 40 to 50% markup. Um, so for me, I expected that coming into art. Um, that's interesting. You, you do, you have to look at maybe what your costs are and what you're pricing at outside of the gallery. And, you know, does it make sense to partner and have to raise your prices or do you want to keep on the path where you're getting, you know, the full price of that you're asking for. Oh, that's so awesome. So you have your solo exhibition coming up and that's at low meal, right? Yeah. 
That, that's correct. Um, I also have a um, an article coming out in the Alabama Folklife Association Journal um, Tributaries. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, and that one um, it publishes in November. And um, oh, November is a busy month. It's a big month. Yeah, it's a big month. <laughs> um, <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. Um, and then next year, next summer, I'm going to be part of a dress exhibition called Embodied. Uh, it's contemporary uh-huh. takes on the dress. Um, they There is an exhibition this October uh, for the first cycle of the exhibition. And then I join in the second cycle with a gown that I'm making inspired by my snowflakes. Wow. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, it's been so much fun right now. I'm in the design and like, um, development phase. So yeah. lots of really cool ideas are floating around. We're going to see what I can actually make happen. Yeah. I don't know about you is like the beginning parts of the process and you're getting into having the ideas and doing stuff. That's like the most exciting part for me anyway. Oh, I love oh. it. Oh, it's, it is absolutely <laughs> my favorite part. Um, and then I have like all of these notes everywhere for all of these ideas of things that <laughs> might happen in the future someday. And then there's the one that actually does come to true. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so where else can people find your art at? Um, right now, all of my art is either on my website, um, amandarbanks.com or on Instagram. Um, I'm Amanda, I'm a.banks.artist on Instagram. All right. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for talking to me today. Thank you for having Um, me. This was so much fun. Look, it's just so inspiring to talk to people and you particularly are so inspiring. I am so excited for you. That's so sweet of you. Thank you. Like, I'm excited for November 4th. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Art Talk with April. For more information on this episode, join the Facebook group, The Art Lounge. Please subscribe and share. See you next Tuesday. Hope you have a great week.